Hey, okay, do you want to start it? Oh, wait. <laughs> Oops. Was that a mistake? I, I, don't, I don't know. Do we... That's our theme song. Hi, everybody. And welcome. Hello. To, to our show, uh, the Theology Dads podcast, formerly known as the Shifty Sasquatch radio show. We have rebranded, and now whoa, whoa. we have a point. Uh, uh, pardon? We got rid of the Shifty Sasquatch radio show? We didn't get rid of it. We rebranded. I, I didn't know. It, it just died, though. Is that, like, I mean, that's what you're telling yeah. well, like, like, like a phoenix, it like, died, then redid itself. I don't think you understand what rebranding is. Are we still going to have the Shifty Sasquatch radio show is all I'm asking. This is a discussion for a different time. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, <laughs> welcome, uh, to, as TJ yeah. said, to the Theology yeah. Dads. As you, the guys who are not dads, uh, in case you were wondering, yeah. neither of us are fathers. God bless. Yeah, I don't I don't think we'd have this podcast if we were. Uh, no. There would definitely be we, some difficulties. Like uh, crying babies. Yeah, I mean, I know a couple dads, or I don't know them personally, but I've heard of a couple dads who have podcasts. That's true. Who are they? So like, oh, there's some Twitter folks. Okay. Some okay. some of those some of those Twitter peeps, the tweeps. Uh huh. They've got they've got podcasts. Uh, oh, okay. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the people what this podcast is about. Uh, absolutely. That's Go okay. ahead. All right. So theology dads, um, is just the title that we picked because Sam's girlfriend. Uh, suggested it <laughs> and it's basically um, a podcast where every episode we take a book of uh, some theological writing some theological book um, sometimes it'll be maybe a saint's work sometimes it'll be like a modern theologian a past theologian um, pretty much anything that piques our interest we will take that we will read it uh, we'll talk about it, we'll discuss it, and then we're going to eventually compare the books that we take and we read with um, some modern secular uh, work of art, typically like a movie or a music album or something along those lines, um, to kind of boil down the essential human truths uh, present in both um, secular and religious works um, to try and find kind of the common ground and to make us all smarter along the way yep absolutely i agree 100 percent. i'm glad you agree because this is what we decided upon as the purpose of this podcast yep i agree 100 <laughs> percent. so today <laughs> we are uh we'll start with the book because that's kind of like the meat of our discussions um, and so we started it is with a very tasty meat today. It. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask you to never <laughs> say that again. For the sanity of us and for the sanity of the people that listen to this show, never, ever use those words again. Uh, okay, I was just describing that the book was a really great book. There are better ways. I was to going to say uh, this was a good and, book. You know what? We will discuss this later. It was, we're gonna, it was we're a gonna great drop analogy that. We're gonna drop that. I thought I finished well. I did not, apparently. Okay. 
So the book that so we book- chose. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you go ahead. You got okay. it. You got it. Uh, is self abandonment to divine providence by I don't. I'll let you take over the French name. Uh, Jean Pierre de Cassat. Yeah, there you go. Um, or if you wanted Americanized version, Jean Pierre de Cassad. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's just a ba- a great book. Really, probably one of the the best books that I've personally have read on abandoning oneself to uh, God's will and just how to do it. But even more than just how to do it, it's more of I know. What, what would you say? Like, well, it's it's. The book doesn't necessarily focus so much on how to do That's it because the how of doing it is pretty simple as he talks so, about. I um, think so. Basically, but it, he just kind of, what? Oh, what I was going to say, you, like he you tells saying? you how to do it, but it's such a simple way that, you know, it, it's just done right away. You know, the way he describes yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't take him long to describe how long or how, how to do it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the book is spent focusing on um, both the rewards and troubles that come. Mm-hmm. from abandoning oneself um so a lot of his focus is is on how and how to keep um doing it when things get less than great um and then kind of the different the different ideas behind abandoning yourself to god um i don't know if i'm putting this into into words quite correctly um but he talks a lot about just what abandoning yourself will do and the benefits of it. Absolutely. I, I would agree or concur with your, your assessment of, of the book, really. So. So we just, so, let's just dive in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, what did you want to talk about with this book? I mean, like, what, what, what don't you, <laughs> part of it's like, what don't I want to talk about, uh, with this book in particular, uh, you know, because there's so much, so many different things. Uh, in my copy of the book, I have uh, shucks, I just had it here, but then I flipped to a different page and lost it. Uh, somebody had written in here like this great formula, actually, that really helps describe uh, one of these sections here about following God's will. Uh, it can lead to Oh, come on. Here you go. I'm going to find it, and then I'll have a better idea of it. Okay, so mine, my part that I really wanted to talk about um, with you was not um, necessarily a single passage, but just kind of an idea mm-hmm. that was present um, throughout the entire book. And we talked about it a little bit before the show, um, but I want to go a little bit more in depth with it. Um, in just the idea between venerated and non-venerated saints. Um, So uh, Jean-Pierre talks a lot about how we're all called to be saints, and that's that's a really present thing, um, I think, in modern ministry. Absolutely, um, yeah. A lot of, whether it's modern youth ministry or just evangelization kind of in general um, to Catholics, is that we're all called to be saints. Um, But I think the idea comes in a lot with that is that we're all called to be saints like so-and-so. So we're all called to be saints like my man Augustine, right? Or we're all mm-hmm. called to be saints like Aquinas. We're all called to be so-and-so, right? Um, and what Jean-Pierre talks about um, that I thought was refreshing, um, which is weird talking about something that's refreshing coming from the 1800s, 
Um, but it was refreshing and, <laughs> and interesting and nice um, that he basically said that we're all called to be saints, yes, um, but if we truly abandon ourselves um, to God's will, then we don't necessarily follow um, the path of the venerated saints. Mm-hmm. And he kind of goes a little bit more into it saying um, how doing religious works, doing rituals, like reading books, um, doing outward pious things aren't worth anything unless God wants us to do them. Um, Which means if God is calling you to a different kind of saintly life, um, then he doesn't necessarily want you to be... um, you know, doing like a bishop, like Augustine, like he doesn't want us all to be priests. He doesn't want us all to be bishops. Doesn't want us all to be nuns. He doesn't want us all to be married. He wants what's best for each of us because he cares um, deeply about each of us. And only if we follow what God wants for us, will we be a saint, which I think mm-hmm. is like the, the, the thing that ties it all together is that some of us are called to these high pious things, but some of us are also called to like the what I like to call kind of like the low pious, which is a much more it, it, it's it's a different kind mm-hmm. of pious yep. um, activity. It's still like it's just as holy. Like there's no like you know barrier between the two that one is better than the other. It's just that people are called to these different things. And I thought it was really nice to hear someone else say that because i've thought a lot about it like in my own life like oh my gosh i'm i'm not called to be you know a bishop of anywhere i'm just like i'm some dude with a laptop who designs resumes like that's i'm i'm not some big pious guy and well i mean the idea you know think of all the souls you can save with that uh divinely inspired resume yeah like super yeah yeah but like it was an idea that was kind of pervasive in my mind mm-hmm. um, that like if I'm not feeling the call necessarily to the priesthood or if I'm, you know, not feeling um, what like a typical saint in air quotes would feel the call to, then I wasn't being holy enough. And that was on me and I was just not being good enough. And um, I think it's that's something that is not necessarily like maliciously intended with a lot of modern ministry, um, but just something that gets left out in a lot of modern ministry that being called to sainthood doesn't mean you're being called to a venerated sainthood, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Especially like, I know, we, I don't know, if, did you talk about this? I mean, if you talked about it, I may have missed it. But I know we talked about it before the show started of, you know, the little, you know, big S saints and little S saints, you know. So yeah, you do have yeah. You, as you said, your venerated saints, and then your uh, non-venerated saints. But you still like communion of saints or sainthood within heaven does include you know those who we recognize here on earth and those who we don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's exactly right. Absolutely. Um, and something that kind of comes from this that, like, I just I thought of when I was reading the book, um, is. Saint Therese of Lisieux. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Therese. Yep. Um, but her and The Little Way, um, her her book, The Little Way, mm-hmm. um, talking about acting with incredible kindness in even the smallest things. Um, 
which she is a venerated saint, but that's an example of a venerated saint who didn't necessarily do the typical venerated mm-hmm. saint things. Like she wasn't Maximilian Kolbe. She didn't go to Auschwitz and like die for another man. Like yep. she was some, she was a, a little nun who like made lemonade and planted flowers, <laughs> but was just so kind and holy in everything mm-hmm. that she did. Um, because that's what God was calling her to do. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, to go, I don't know. Did you want to speak more more on that, or are you? No, you can you can take it. Okay. So I found that passage. Uh, by the way, well, actually, I found one passage that relates more to uh, your saint. You're talking about the saints. It's on page ninety six. At least if you're following within the book, if you listen to this, or you know, more for TJ as well. If you, yeah, yeah, I don't have the same copy as oh, okay. you, so it's definitely not on page 96 <laughs> for me. Uh, uh, okay. So there's this one part, I don't know what chapter it's in. Um, I think it might be chapter 2 on segment 7 of chapter 2. So, it, okay, it's book 2, chapter 1, segment 7. Um, and so it's it talks about, uh, there's a certain paragraph that says divine action made an Abel, a Noah, and an Abraham on different patterns. And you know Isaac is an original. Jacob is not a copy of him, nor is Joseph a copy of Jacob. None of their fathers resembled Moses or David. And John's, John the Baptist surpasses them all. Jesus Christ is the firstborn. The apostles act more by the impression of his spirit than by literal int, uh, imitation of his works. And I don't know. Off to the side, I can see that somebody wrote, wrote uh, how diverse you know the saints or these people that we recognize as saints mm. or extremely holy people yes. are. You know, because you have Abraham, right, But who was a super holy guy. But then you have Isaac, who, while his son was holy, but just in a different way. You know, and no, nobody's really the same. And so it, it just speaks to more of the, you know, you should never really uh, try to imitate or emulate a certain saint necessarily, but you just make sure that you focus on what the Lord is calling you to do. And whether that's calling you to con- do meditation or contemplation, or if you know you're doing that, then it's like, no, don't do that anymore. Go out and do something else. You, know, you just gotta uh, do whatever y- you hear him call you to do. So yeah, I I actually love that a lot um, because it it kind of relates um, in my mind to this idea that like as Christians, we believe um, very strongly in a personal God, um, which is like kind of like the, one of the main tenets, like God loves you. It's not just like a whole like mm-hmm. humanity's pretty all right, I suppose kind of thing. Yep. Like it's like God like looks like into your heart and he's like, I love you in particular, like you specifically, that guy, that ball of like messy human stuff sitting in his chair in his closet in St. Paul, like, you, I love you, um, which is really, like, incredible in itself. Um, but it, it plays into the idea that God has a unique plan for each of us, um, which is, like, it's, it's simple but mind-blowing at the same time. Because, um, like, yeah, like, what that person wrote in the, the margins of your book, How Diverse the Saints. Mm-hmm. Like, there is not, there are not two saints that are, that, that they're not the same. There's not two saints that are even close to each other. Like, and there are thousands of them. There's so many saints. 
and they are all different. They've all got something like you won't you, like. That's why we read different saints. You know, if mm -hmm. you could, if they were all the same, like you would read Augustine, you'd be like, I've known everything that there is to know by the saints. But there, you there, you can't do that because every saint has written something different or done something different, um, which is emboldening to each of us um, in the idea that like. Because um, it can kind of be a little bit distressing sometimes when you think about yourself and how different you are from the saints. Um, and mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you laugh. But I, I, you, I laugh because you it's, it's true. That's why it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, like that's it's inspirational. Um, I think just the idea that we can be saints because God wants us to be saints, and that's like that's the only reason we are called to holiness is because God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be joyful and he wants us to be with him and to be with him is to be holy. So, yep. And then, but also an important aspect is, uh, on top of, in regards to like finding our will, you know, what God's will for us is. And then following that, uh, is the communal aspect. Cause I, you know, another one is the communal aspect of life is important because we help each other towards God. So, you know, if we could see the life of God and could contemplate all creatures, not in themselves, but in their principle. If we could also see the life of God in all objects, how divine his action moves them, mingles them, assembles them, opposes them to each other, pushes them all to the same point by diverse means, we would, should recognize that all things in this divine work have their reasons, their scale of measurement, you know, the mutual reasons, relations. Uh, so just make, you know, while there is that idea of a personal God, but also having that community in which they can help, help mm -hmm. you find... Uh, what's God's will for you is, but just to recognize it within each other is super important. Yeah. That's why there's a communion of saints, not a group of singular saints. <laughs> Absolutely. And that, you know, that's why we are the, the universal church and not uh, the singular. Yeah, buddy. Not, not the, uh, the American church or, you know, the, uh, I don't know, Ukrainian church. But, so... <laughs> Those are the only two countries in the world. I, look, those, those, are, are, those <laughs> are the only two. Absolutely, man. <laughs> so, uh, how about we move into uh, the movie that you you chose for? Yeah. For that so, today? the movie uh, that I picked uh, for this that so I I I'm really happy with the fact that this book worked so dang well. Uh, with this movie, because it is my personal favorite film of all time. It is uh, Dennis Villeneuve's 2016 film, uh, Rival. Um, <laughs> so, the yeah, you laugh, but <laughs> well, it's you, my... Like, it's, you're so specific, man. I know, <laughs> because it's so good. Um, so the basic premise of the movie... Spoilers ahead, by the way. If you, wanted, if you listen to this point for theology, that's great. And we thank you for listening to this point. But do not get angry at me on the internet if you get spoilers to this movie uh, that you didn't want to know. Yeah, also, we will continue to talk about theology for those who are interested. Yes, we're <laughs> going to continue talking about, like, we just we didn't just leave the theology behind at this point. We're not jumping straight into aliens and leaving, uh, like, the Bible uh, behind. Whoa, but, dude, like, it's going to be like, yeah, spoilers, <laughs> yes. Um, but we're going to be now talking about how the movie relates to theology. Um, which is fascinating to me. Um, so the premise of the movie, for those of you who are still listening, um, is basically uh, 12 alien ships land on Earth, and no one knows what they want, so they call in um, a linguist 
professor, uh, played by Amy Adams, who figures out what the aliens want by learning their language. And that's all fine and good. Like, that's the plot of the movie. But the main beef that I'm going to be talking about here um, is actually the character of uh, Louise, which is Amy Adams' character. Um, because when she learns this language, um, the whole point of the film is that the language um, enables people to view time in a different way. Um, it becomes non-linear. They can experience any moment in their life at any point that they want to. But it also means that they can see their future. And for Louise, that means that she sees her future of getting married and having a kid. And then that kid growing up to be a teenager, um, getting a rare disease and dying. Um, a very slow and painful death and then her husband leaves her and it's like it's a very it's a very sad very terrible future um mm -hmm. and at the end of the movie after she sees all of this pain that she'll go through um it kind of makes like an acknowledgement that hannah her daughter that the life of hannah um is good and it is precious and it is it is good to have um, so Louise, despite knowing all the pain that she'll go through and everything that'll happen to her, um, she decides to go through with the plan and have Hannah anyways. And I thought this related freaking beautifully <laughs> to this book, um, on so many levels because, um, I'm just going to jump straight into it because this is like, I've been, I've literally been, like, I went down to Florida for a week and a half and i was just like thinking about this the entire time um because i was i was so hyped to talk about this it's just it's i'm it's unreal um so what i wanted to kind of relate <clears throat> that scenario to the book we're going to forget the aliens because the aliens don't yeah, matter a anymore. A aliens are um, gone they got blown up aliens bye adios um we're just talking about Luis at this point um so her decision to have Hannah um, comes from her recognition, A, that it is um, the plan, that that is what her future is supposed to look like, and B, um, from the acknowledgement that Hannah's life is good. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of want to take that and apply it to Abandonment to Divine Providence um, because I think it works um, specifically in a way that he talks about kind of in the middle of the book is that even those who don't, like, know God super well, but instead live um, in the moment, choosing to do what is good in each moment, um, kind of applies to this movie in the fact that the movie never really acknowledges faith and never really acknowledges um, any sort of uh, belief in a higher power. Like it, it, it briefly talks about it here and there. It kind of mentions it that some characters have these um, have belief in a higher power, have belief in a God, um, but it doesn't like address it necessarily because it doesn't feel the need to. Um, and I think that Louise has abandoned herself um, to kind of the divine providence without acknowledging, um, you know, knowing God personally. It's more of an acknowledgement of what is good and doing what is good um, and kind of taking the idea of living in the moment to the extreme because now she's living in eternity all at once. It's like, it's like, it's, it's the worst moment possible in that it's all of the moments together at one time, which is just horrifying. And I cannot imagine doing that. Um, but her kind of the decision, um, to go through pain and to, um, to 
do that joyfully because it's a kind of it's a happy it's a bittersweet ending um and it relates to a passage that's actually in the first paragraph or the first um chapter of the book and i'm just going to read it word for word Mm -hmm. uh filled with joy she regarded everything she had to do or suffer at any moment of her life as a gift from him who showers delights upon those who hunger and thirst only for him and not for the things of this world of course in his book he's talking about mary and we are not talking about mary necessarily in this example but it's a nice parallel i think Mm -hmm. yeah um, relates real well that it relates super well in that it's the idea that doing what god wants outweighs any pain that those decisions will will bring because God showers joy and happiness on all of us despite the pain that may come mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and so another <laughs> little writing on the margins or whatever you want to call it uh, that I found within my book is that you know a bad event a bad event in your life can equal or lead to uh, greater faith, which e- leads to or equals you know, a greater revealing of God's will. And then that fills a heart with the will of the God. Uh, you know, so just even looking at the bad events that you, I mean, she recognized it before they happened, but just having that faith to go through and then continue on and even have a greater revealing of God's will. And I think, I think that's kind of, I, I really like that note that mm. going through something bad will reveal God's will more because in the way, uh, actually, that relates quite well um, to the film as well, because in the way that it plays out, like she goes through the bad events, like she goes through them, and that gives her the faith and the strength to make the decision in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, which is like it, it's confusing if you haven't seen the movie, which is why I told you to stop listening if you hadn't seen the movie. But if you have seen it, like, it should sort of kind of make sense um, in that like abandonment to God's will doesn't mean bad things won't happen. Oftentimes it means more bad things will happen, but you'll carry them differently and it will be for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't abandon yourself to God's will, bad things happen because you're resisting. Like I've had, like looking back on my life, the the times that I was resisting when the bad things happened, it was because I was resisting. Like that's just, that's just it. And when you look at it, through when you are abandoned to God's will and the bad things happen, it's because that's the plan. And because like, it's not, not necessarily like this isn't like your destiny or whatever, but like it's, it's part of the way God is bringing you closer to him. Um, so it's really abandonment is the difference between pointless and suffering and suffering that has a purpose essentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, even because sometimes you may feel, yeah, you know, there's a lot of times too that you feel the uh, lack of God within your soul. You know, you look at, I guess, St. Teresa of Calcutta at this point, or, you know, formerly known as Mother Teresa, but her, her spiritual desert. And so just having the faith, you know, to also push through that. And the le- as he states later in the book, uh, the less the self-abandoned soul feels the support of God, the more uh, effic- oh, efficacy <laughs> is he uh, in reality sustaining her. So I look, man, we'll, we'll we'll just cancel that part out uh, and put Google <laughs> no, in. That's there. staying. That's staying in. Yeah, it's probably. Uh, you know, yeah, but just also having that faith to push through and 
you know, while you may not feel him there, in reality, he's still uh, sustaining the self-abandoned soul, or which you hope becomes your soul or is your soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's with that, it's important to remember that a truly self-abandoned soul is relying only on God. Mm -hmm. Like, so if God truly left a truly abandoned soul, then that soul would be no more. Well, yeah, that, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't want to say totally abandoned. God totally abandons that oh, soul. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I know. I think, I think the, the important thing for any of us to remember is that, like, when we feel abandoned, it, like, oh, yeah. unless we, like, cease to exist, <laughs> then we haven't been abandoned. Yeah. Like, we're okay. We've still, like, he's still there. Like, I haven't dissolved into dust. Like, his love is the only thing keeping me here. Well, and I'm still here. So he hasn't, like, left me to, quite yet. To be fair, I don't think you'd even be dust. You know, no, dust is still here. Yeah. I would just, like, you, like, just you, like would, you wouldn't know who I was. You would have no recollection of me. I would cease to have ever existed. It's like in cartoons when, you, like, characters will just go, like, boop, and then they, they're just gone. It'd be like gone. It'd be like that. Bye bye. Absolutely. Like like when we sent the aliens out of here. Like bye bye. Bye bye. Yep. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just so many good yeah. things in this book, and I, that really do relate so well to the movie. Uh, and just to there's so many good things in this. Like the book and the movie are both great. Yep. And you should read them, and you should relate that. But like the book on their own, even mm -hmm. both are just like. Both have a lot of truth, um, which is great considering one is like by a Jesuit priest preaching to Carmelites who like sometimes you can't expect that to relate to your daily life. Absolutely. Um, and then the other is an, a movie about aliens, which I usually don't expect to have like any sort of theological truth in it. Mm -hmm. I'm usually going to that to watch aliens um, and was pleasantly surprised. Um, so both of these, I think, are good examples of just truth present um, in something that we can read or watch or consume. Uh, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the book, absolutely, you know, like we said, it's a must, I would say it's a must read for uh, just absolutely. About, whether you're Catholic or not. And it's I mean, so short, too. Like, this is a podcast, so you can't see what I'm holding. It's like... Uh, my my version has like a thirty page intro written by the translator because you know Jean Pierre was French. Uh, French, okay, has a thirty page intro. It is a hundred and nineteen pages long in total. Oh really? Like that is this is not a long book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my have a twenty five intro. Yeah, mine's like one forty eight. So yeah, no, it's it like it took me maybe like total like five hours to read. It's not long. Oh, definitely not. And it's be so, a real good just or real good book just to sit down and like contemplate it with if that's what you need mm. to do uh, according to God's will of course. Take it to adoration. Or, Take it to adoration. Mm -hmm. Do that. Oh yes. It'd be really good uh, to do that as well. But it, yeah, no, it's just a delightful book that I, th I would hope is you know if I was pope I'd demand this in every Catholic's library. But yeah, I'd be like, all right, get the Bible and the Catechism and this book. Uh, and I mean, there's some more. There, there's some more. We'll run like, through yeah, those this is, this is later in this show. So keep listening to our other episodes. That's mm -hmm. my that's my shameless plug for the end of the, end of this one. We shouldn't need a shameless plug. We should be famous enough. 
I don't think we're famous enough to not have to plug shamelessly. No, we'll send it to Trump and then he'll put it out and say. No, we'll gosh, say, please don't. Well, he'll don't say we're do fake that. News and then he'll. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> I mean, same here, but it's just an idea. <laughs> Sometimes you have to get risky with your your marketing, I suppose. <laughs> Risque. <laughs> not that kind but of risky, but <laughs> with that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so you can find us on Twitter. I'm Noodle underscore 45. Sam, what's your handle? Uh, at Sam Squatch underscore 17 because there's yeah, been so you can, like 17 other Sam Squatches, and I'm ready to throw down some fist fights. You know what I mean? So. Well, while Sam does that, you can follow us. You can find us there uh, making jokes about whatever happens to be on our minds. Um you if you found this then you're already on our website probably um so check that out um yeah we're on itunes google play all those fancy websites um so future episodes will all be here as well and yeah that's that's about it we'll be on the super bowl too so just stay with your tv screens folks no we're not gonna be your your eagles are on the super bowl hell yeah we're not in the super bowl i mean i feel like i'm one with the team though so yeah, get out of here. You're not even going to be in Minneapolis when that happens. Sorry, I go to a great college. You should be. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and with that, All right, folks. thanks for joining us. And have a great evening. Bye. I don't know how to sign out. That's, but our, bye. that's our outro. Bye. <laughs>